This is King's Punk uh, Podcast. We're rolling? We're rolling. We are rolling. Uh, this is uh, King's of Punk. I'm um, your host, Tyler Hammer. And, uh, I hope this hope that ruins the recording. You sound, like you, your voice sounds, sounds uh, a little funny for a second. Are you sick, Tyler? Uh, I'm pretty, I'm sick of all this bullshit. <laughs> oh, I'm sick of the crap. <laughs> Sick of the fuck. Sick of the crap. I'm sick of all the crap. People don't understand how psycho I am. <laughs> Nobody can. Nobody <laughs> understands what goes on inside my mind. My mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're kings of punk. Uh, that was Tyler Hammer doing the sick vocal, uh, vocal fry yeah, for the intro. Is, uh... Got uh, Jake Razor <laughs> on my left. Hello. And uh, I'm Gary U.S. Bombs. A.K.A. Tim. <laughs> A.K.A. Yeah, not Gary. Little misconception here. Gary is not my first name at all. Um, drinking a Mountain Dew Rise energy drink. Really getting me in the mood for uh, what we're talking about. This is Noise Core Part 2. Rise, like the classic song by Public Image Limited. Oh, I thought you say Rise, the classic album by Bad Brains. Th- is that like the fifth one or something? That's the one with like the bogus... HR uh, wannabe vocalist guy. They did that? Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. Came out in like 93. I've never so. heard that. Is it good? There's a reason why you haven't heard it. Jake, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Come on. No. No. <laughs> Terrible. Come on. We should watch and talk about. I, I haven't. I didn't really remember what it's called. I watched it in like 2014. There was a documentary about Bad Brains that was nuts. Because it features a lot of HR footage where he is being... Like, I always heard, like, oh, yeah, HR is crazy. He went crazy. I had no idea how crazy he went. Like, he is, like... He was far beyond, like, any of the, like, crack-smoking schizophrenic people we could find him in Roav. Like, oh, yeah. He went, he went off? He went him. all the way off. Yeah, like... like, like ta- about to go 100. You know, he's he like... like 300. I, I can tell you there's classic footage that you probably still find. They did, like, a reunion show at CBGB's, and the band starts playing. And those other guys are all pretty normal now. They're all fine. And they start playing. They're playing good. But he comes out on stage, and he hadn't told anyone he was going to do this. He was wearing, like, a motorcycle helmet, but, like, one of the ones that you would wear, like, on a Yamaha, like a racing helmet. Mm-hmm. Right, with the mohawk on it. Yeah, with the mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> No, one of the ones where it, like, covers your face. Yeah, oh, yeah. So he comes out and is just standing there in this helmet, and then he starts trying to sing, but the helmet is causing the mic to feed back, like, atrociously, and he wore it for the entire set. And this is in, like, 06. This is a much-anticipated bad... The fucking bad brains are getting back together. Well, it seems to me that they really just couldn't... They're like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we need to disappoint people at uh, every turn we take, so... Yes, So, yeah. instead of the vocals, it was just... <laughs> And he's wearing a fucking a, a helmet. See, it would have been funnier if he was just going like, vroom, vroom, <laughs> into the mic, like in, like he was on a motorcycle. There's a band you guys have me listen to for this episode that the vocals sounded like. What was it, Death March? What I can't keep getting the band Desh, name. Deshi Desh, 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 Desh Charge. Is that it? What is it called? Deshi Charge. Deshi Charge. Yeah, Desh, Desh. he sounds like a tea kettle. He's like, did you did you watch the recording of that? The like no. video. 
Yeah, they have. There's like a video of them like recording, and it's really funny. It's really cool. I like that. Didn't the sick. didn't they like play that, New Hampshire? Record, like actually. at the show we played? Or I, I can't. They remember. were supposed. Was, I think they yeah. maybe they did. They ended up. I don't know if they ended up. I know Tim Morse was like drumming for them at some point, and like they had other drummers because they're from Quebec or Montreal yeah, or something like that. They're from yeah. Tim Morse is that's the guy from H2O, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, H- interesting. H- Didn't no, know he had a noise. H two O. Whatever. It's uh. The that's Michael. That was Tyler's Michael impression Rappaport. of Michael R. Did you say he's whatever con- happened some- to H2O? What whatever happened to Dipsy Doodles and the, with the food? You're yeah, getting seventy five cents back. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was gonna say hearing H2O for the first time after having already gotten into NYHC was similar to I had when I finally heard E Town Concrete. Like I thought E Town was gonna be like a bulldoze beat down thing, and then it just sounded like Sublime. Yeah, or POD. I feel like there's kind of like some hardcore parts yeah. where it's like, oh, I get. And then it's like, but I don't get this. You don't, you don't got to throw shade on E-Town by saying they sound like Sublime. You're right. They sound, Well, look, dude, Robin Hood is a good record, so it's not even shade, but I don't think that's the most accurate Oh, I mean, any... Oh, it, it is. It I, would is. Le- I would legitimately <laughs> describe E-Town Concrete as if P.O.D. was good. The rap game Sublime. Yeah, rap game Sublime. <laughs> but but uh, when I heard H2O, it was the same thing. I was like, wait, this is what this sounds like? Why? Why yeah. does it sound like this? Why did the people who told me to listen to this, why were those the people... Telling me that I needed to listen to this, they I'm broke not, edge for that moment. They were probably drunk or fucked up, and we're like, "Oh yeah, H2O is really good." Was H2O a straight edge band? I I want to say yes, but I also used to just assume a lot of bands were straight edge, and then later found out they were not at all. Mm. Like what? Like who? Who do you think was straight edge? Uh, like most of those bands, like I feel like any like '90s hardcore band. I thought Integrity was straight edge, which they were. They were in the, in the early days, but I heard that changed. That is not the case for long. Yeah, they changed after the, um, what's the one record that, my favorite Integrity record. Uh, uh, uh fucking. With the devil, demon man on it. Humanity is the devil. Humanity yeah. is the devil. They, have, they all, like, dropped it's acid. A, a Braxis on the cover. Yeah. Humanity is the. That's a Gnostic, uh, deity. What, who's the guy from, uh. Psychosexual, uh, big daddy devil. Is that what? Uh, devil, da- no, it's oh, just devil, devil daddy. daddy. Humanity is the devil daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, we uh, this is noise card part two, and uh, we kind of have a lot to talk about with this one. We're last episode. If you hadn't heard, go listen to it. Uh, we really covered the potential beginnings of it with the weirder art scenes and like free jazz and stuff like that in the like early 20th people. century yeah. and mid 50s 60s 70s and then we t- briefly we discussed a lot about the 80s hardcore scenes that like kind of created the uh, the foundation of or or but i think the genealogy of this particular subgenre i think a better way to think of it rather than laying the foundations it's more like Everything that destroyed the barriers that would have prevented noise core from happening. Because I think the history of this style of music is really a history of every rule being broken. Mm-hmm. A- a- until it's like, well, I, g- I guess I can just do this thing where it is a half a second long song of just me screaming. And and a lot of rules broke that. I would also f- feel like it's kind of like uh, a continuous joke. Like this is, they mostly a lot of it feels like it's like, the early stuff from like the mid '80s, stuff like that, that we'll talk about. It's like, oh, my friends would think this is funny if I did this. Like that's literally what Crab Society North is Anal from Con SOD. Too. Anal Con, I think, to a degree. It's like this is this is funny 
to us and this is like a funny thing that's you know yeah. you had your friends uh, and you like show them the tapes like that was literally what crab society north kind of started as like and if for those that don't know crab society north is s pretty much sod um that's like dan Lilliker and like someone else like bang on suitcases and shit yeah I was gonna, and dan Lilliker's book he talks about how they didn't have you know no real drum kit uh just recording into a boombox. Yeah, and like the input level was super high, so yeah. it just sounded like it was exploding. You know, I I misheard you for a second, Tim, and I thought you said Dan Lilliker's bookie talks about this, and I was like, damn, you know Dan Lilliker's bookie? Like that's awesome, <laughs> sick dude. What does he bet on? Like UFC mostly, maybe. I mean, he's he's more old school. He probably bets on like the horses, yeah, probably like boxing, yeah, or boxing. something like that. That that's way cooler than professional yeah. weed smoking, <laughs> you know? right? Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's a professional weed smoker. He is. Yeah. There's a couple things that we wanted to like kind of touch on first. Uh, so we didn't really talk about like actual noise core last episode. And I think we should like this is the episode we're actually talking about noise core. And there's to kind of go over once again what we feel it is. It's pretty much just like chaotic, noisy punk hardcore. It's played super fast. Songs are oftentimes seconds long if not you know a or one or two seconds long the vocals are usually just screamed or shouted and if there are any lyrics i should say yeah and it's just kind of yeah it's usually like production's really bad production's bad one thing you pointed out about because this I'm, i'm relatively new to this style of music um, one thing you pointed out about it, Tyler, that I think is pretty crucial is that a lot of this stuff is either improvised or appears to be improvised. Yeah. That's something that did not happen with hardcore or punk or even early grindcore or the extreme sort of death metal stuff like Sarcophago, Possessed, that kind of, you could say, laid the groundwork for this. Those bands, like hardcore bands, even the worst among them, would they wrote songs. They had structures. And the yeah. idea of improvising was actually pretty off the table. That's like some. That's like way more on some like jazz, right? Yeah, it's like, like free jazz, yeah. Yeah, but like as we said on the last episode, I don't think these people were like, yeah, we're gonna be like, uh, we're gonna be like, we're like free jazz right now. Absolutely not. <laughs> but but like I said, uh, it, it the idea of just making something up on the spot might have never crossed anybody's mind if it wasn't for not not just free jazz, but like other forms of experimental music that came earlier that we covered last time. Jam music, you know, Grateful Dead, I guess. Yeah, like the I Grateful mean, Dead. Like, I know it sounds silly, but the like... The Grateful Head. You know, they would, like, improvise, like, they had, like, extended improvised sections They live. did. That's a little like, different, though, because what they, what they would do is they'd have a song that they wrote, and then they'd make one part a lot longer. That's different than, no, we are making this up on the spot, which is Yeah, but they have, like, a song they wrote... And it's like a second long, and then they just do it a thousand times. I guess it is. <laughs> I, I guess it is like great reaction. Deshe charge equals Grateful Dead. Actually, I would say Deshe charge greater than Whoa. equal dead. Uh, greater than equal. Got him! Pow! 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 Not talking about uh, the equal Touch dead. of Grey. No. We're not talking about Touch of Grey. Oh, that well, song. Brown we've eyed, done that before. Brown eyed women is good ass song. They got some songs, but like the number of good songs versus like shit I don't want to listen to is. Ratio is not popping so much. Garcia's guitar playing is sick. I got I've I fuck with his never guitar really playing very listened heavily. To that band. You're like more of a musician than I am, so, and you're a bass player, and their bass player is very sick. So you probably appreciate yeah, that. I probably would. I love a good. I love a fucking good. 
thumping bass. The no. bass is probably the most avant-garde part of the dead. Like he he's doing real wild shit. Garcia's playing is just like real soulful, but but most of it is uh, the music is largely like really boring. I, yeah. I think. Let's talk about a cup. There's a couple things that I wanted to like. We got any noise core bands with two drummers? Speaking of Grateful Dead, that sounds like Ooh. a cool idea. That would be a fun thing to do. Mm. Totally pointless. There, so there there has to be. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I feel like that that's got to be a thing. Or like a drummer and a drum machine. That would be a little hard to pull off. I feel. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There, uh, the only band that I know that in like the extreme grind community that plays with two drums is that. Uh, oh, Chapang, Chapang, yeah. they're sick. They like play the same thing at the same time though, pretty much. But I, it sounds seems pointless, but I think it it really kind of does add, like something extra to it yeah it's very sick to see it's very More sick texture. to see oh, i'm sure like it's two awesome. drummers blasting like crazy yeah yeah um, the, and like it, playing at the same like you know like they're pl- actually like straight up playing the same yeah like they're on time together yeah it's very very impressive we played with them a couple times actually nice um yeah, with buffalo HR, buffalo and in uh virginia Oh yeah, yeah wow. that was the other yeah shit. I wanted to touch on a cup the the short song aspect because like that come that doesn't come from anywhere. It it definitely comes from like a couple key things and like we were like thinking about like you know if you go back to like the early eighties like the hardcore scene you kind of see it. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is the song Pressure from Negative Approach. Okay, it's take like nine this songs, pressure, pressure. nine seconds long. That came out in 82. You said Fight by Agnostic Front. Yeah, that one's seven seconds long. Really? Not Damn. the band seven seconds. It's a seven-second no. long song. Um, uh, that's, that's you know, uh, the, the song Fuck in A, like in the key of A by Gangrene is like one Very funny, long. guys. This, like, I think some of this stuff was like jokes. Yeah. The, oh, dude, he, that's totally like Even, uh, a joke. The first song, the Circle Jerks record, which came out in, ni- isn't that from 1980? My 81, tripping. I think. I swear, yeah, no, well, I actually, swear it was 1980. Yeah, Th- that song's 80. 27 seconds long. That's pretty fucking short for 1980. You can go um, for a, uh, uh, Angry Samoans. That's another one, too. They yeah, songs yeah, yeah. are like under 30 seconds long, and that yep. shit came out in like 1980. Yeah, something like that, right? I think I think yeah. it, Back to Small might be 82, but regardless, it's still pretty early. The fucking uh, Beastie Boys record has that song Riot Fight, which is like a borderline blast beat, which is very short. And again think that was kind of a bit that they were doing and uh yeah like people ran with it later in 85 so we mentioned crab society north uh 85 that's when the crab society north demo came out which most people probably would never have heard but then you have sod and they have four songs on stormtroopers of death or speaking english speak english or die um hey gordy diamonds and rust bella Jimi hendrix an uh, anti procrastination song. Those are like super short. Like they're all under ten seconds. Like, and some of them are just like, like once it gets past the joke part, it's like, ah, you know, like yeah. Blah. So well, hey, Gordy, they're, I don't think they even play anything on that song. It's just somebody talking in like a dumb guy voice, and then like feedback. <laughs> hey, Gordy, give me a shot. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like. <laughs> and then, of course, the 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 most important one is scum off scums by Napalm Death. Which you is, mean uh, you, you suffer. suffer? Sorry, I'm, my words are all so twisted. What? Also, include the split. 
the split with that song on it, the Napalm Death Electro Hippies split. Yeah. Electro Hippies, Mega Armageddon Death Part 3. It's like two seconds long. Yeah. So, there, there's a, a weird... I think that's when, like, the real notion of, like, the... Bah, like, that kind of song became, like, thing. Where it's, like, a grind... It's not jokey. It doesn't seem... Like, the Napalm Death record... Like, Scum doesn't feel jokey. No, it doesn't. No. That Which is S-O-D a big difference, is. I think. Yeah. Like, very goofy and, like, funny. Um, so, I think... Be featuring our friend... Friend of the pod, Billy Milano. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Good. We go way back with Billy. Yeah. Every time we've like made fun of Billy Milano on here, it's all in jest. He love. We we love. We see him at the gas station dumpster, you know, up the street. The garbage he, truck. Yep, we see him like, digging through the back of the garbage truck. Hey guys, that was a really funny one on the last episode. Hey, you ever see that video of me in Greece when I'm playing with my band Mod? Oh, we appreciate that because uh, he is our son. Yeah. <laughs> he he is our collective. <laughs> You know, <laughs> DNA matched together, mashed up, and put in the human form. It's a guy who eats Twinkies out of garbage bags. <laughs> he has no other way to eat them, you know. He I mean, what like else is he going to put them in? A guy who has snowballs falling out of his beard, the snack his snowballs. His sweatpants. <laughs> his sweatpants his pockets. sweatpants. Have snowballs in the pocket. Everybody should go. Uh, there's a video of him on YouTube shopping at Walmart that's really funny. <laughs> Or like Target or something stupid. It's like one of the fun. Yeah, like you just got to go do yourselves a favor. Go on to YouTube, type in Billy Milano shopping or something, and it should come up. Yeah, it's it's a funny, funny, funny stuff. Uh, So I think I think Napalm Death really affirmed the idea of the micro song with that. Like, I mean, it was kind of a thing before, but I think they like made it a reality by like making making it with like a really heavy and fast record with like other songs and then that that got like one upped on um from enslavement to obliteration because they have a couple songs near the end of it like dad and there's like a, co- a couple yep. other songs that are like super short um they're kind of like a burst like burst 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 like that is a i do like that one more than uh you saw yes that one's that one's sick because you can hear what he's saying and he sounds crazier you know, or, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's because that's like Mick Harris, I think, doing the vocals on that one. Yes, because Mick Harris. No, no, that's. Or, um, oh yeah, because Lee was still Lee was in right, the band. Well, right. no, because Lee wasn't on side A of Scum, and You Suffer was on side A of Scum. But but that is on. But that is on from enslavement. Yeah, so he he did the vocals. Lee Dorian was on side B of Scum. Yeah. So Lee Dorian didn't say that You Suffer. Yeah, that was uh, Justin Broderick, I guess. Uh, right? No, it was um, Nick Nick Ballin. Nick Ballin. Not to be confused with Nick Mullen. Yes. Oh, I'm very getting all mixed up because I thought of Nick Mullen. Every time you say Lee Dorian, I think of there's a bodybuilder from England named Dorian Yates who used to be a skinhead who was he had like giant lats. And uh, every wow. time you mention him, I think of fucking Dorian. You Yates. You think of giant lats? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys? Jake here. I'm hanging out with Tim today. Uh, I wanted to speak briefly about Syrup Head Records. John, the head honcho over there, has been one of our longest standing and most consistent supporters. So I decided to go check out his Store Envy website and see what was on offer there. Lo and behold, he's got a plethora of different stuff, both on the label and in the distro. I noticed in his distro, one of my favorite punk releases recently, the Peacemaker See You Dead Greed cassette. It's a sort of a single. Uh, Again, one of my recent favorites. If you like the Partisans, definitely go pick that cassette up. If you don't like the Partisans, I don't know what fucking planet you're on because they rule. 
uh, on the label itself, he's got a good variety of stuff, but definitely geared towards the grindcore, gore grind, gore noise, and really, really extreme stuff at that. So if you're a fan of that kind of shit, definitely check out Syruphead Records. Tim, you were uh, given his discography a little bit of a uh, listen recently. There's some stuff in there that you're into. Uh, you want to speak on that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's some really good stuff that uh, John has put out on his label. Um, see here, he's got the Sulfuric Cautery Human Effluence Split. That's a really good, really good full length. Uh, split, I should say. Split full length. Uh, there's also the uh, Sordo PCP Parade Split. Yes, yeah, Sordo is... They're back, I think, now. Yeah. And uh, another good one I'm seeing, uh, the Blame God uh, power and control cassette. Another really good, one of New York's finest bands at the moment. Yeah, I'm. I'm not the hugest, hugest gore grind or gore noise or any of that stuff fan necessarily. I did find he's got the Uttercock seed cassette. I love that thing. It sounds like if you were listening to gore grind in your fucking Tesla Cybertruck and you crashed it into another Cybertruck and you were on cough syrup the whole time. It doesn't make any sense. It's just awful noise. So a lot of good stuff over at syruphead store envy page that's syruphead.storeenvy.com also if you use promo code coppod that's k-o-p-p-o-d you'll get 15 percent off your entire order so definitely scoot on over there and see what john has to offer that's syruphead.storeenvy.com uh check it out but anyway yeah uh the micro song uh Put out there by uh, grindcore bands like Napalm Death, and uh, yeah, the noisecore freaks ran with it. They, they were made pretty it much own. like, let's listen to just like a bunch of let's. What if you had a record of just, yeah, like that they that must be like the idea, you know what I mean? Like I don't see why anyone would like do that, but well, you brought up a good point earlier. We were talking about which is like tape trading. When you and said like, you, he meant me. I'm by at, the way, I'm pointing to Jake. <laughs> yeah, he's Tyler's not pointing at the viewer or the I'm listener. Talking, I'm talking to you. No, I'm talking to Jake. You. We were talking about like the idea of tape trading. Yeah, and like that's like kind of like not a thing, obviously anymore. Like we don't because of the internet. But like even if like the internet was still in its infancy in like the mid '90s or something like that. Like I don't, I don't think tape trading was nearly as prevalent no. as it was in like the mid and late '80s. Like. Uh, have you ever heard the Slayer Mag Diaries? I have not. I have no idea oh, what that is. Yeah, that one. Is, Slayer Mag is like a, a zine from, or Slayer Magazine, I think. Uh, I don't know where Diaries came from. Uh, it's a uh, zine from like Norway in like the mid '80s, mid late '80s, and it's very sick. And like a lot of the stuff was talking about like tape trail, like tape trading was like really important. Like you'd get you get a zine, you'd see a band, you'd send up your stamp and your money. And then they would reattach. They would take the stamp off, reattach it, and send it back to you. That was another big thing, is like reusing stamps, stamps and coins, baby. Uh, so you don't have to buy more stamps. And like that was just like probably a huge thing. And I can only imagine people redubbing tapes 
Like I got this slate, so this demo, noisier, yeah. and it's just becoming shittier and shittier as it goes <laughs> on. So people are just like, people might begin like, "This is what it sounds like." It's like a fifth generation copy here, whatever. Of like the autopsy the demo. demo, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, or like Napalm Death or something like that. And right, it's just, so it's just like, it just sounds like shit. Yeah. Oh, dude, that must that, like I think that was probably like a huge fucking. It was thing. probably very exciting, and then it builds up a mystique around the shitty sounding bizarre demo because that's fascinating. And there's a, there's a few different components of this i think to start with to put it in context like by the mid to late 80s you had some hardcore bands that were not on major labels but were on bigger indie labels like specifically in like new york i think maybe la but especially new york and some bands in the uk namely gbh like these are bands that could play bigger shows and were like some people would accuse them of selling out. I think that's stupid, but like sick of it all. Like that record was in like malls and shit by that point. Yeah. And, there and was actually to kind of cut you off real quick. Go, there go was ahead. a thing on the radio uh of Sick of It All with and, the Yep, uh, I know exactly what we're talking about. Who's the fucking Born man. Against. Born Against. Yep, it's so funny. Yeah, if you if you want a good laugh for a little bit, listeners, uh, listen to a Born Against Sick of It All radio interview. They're where both they, being really silly, honestly. Yeah, now Born Against was like mad against Sick of It All because like Sick of It All had to include their lyrics, uh, in order to be like on a major like publication because this was during the PMRC where like yep. the lyrics and like the ratings was a big thing, and Born Against was really against it because they're like you should be able to express whatever and like by doing what. Sick of it all was doing. You're like compromising your values. It's and like sick of it all was like saying, "Hey, we're getting out to a bigger audience. Yeah, and we're getting kids who might not really have much to get into. Instead of getting into some stupid bullshit that sucks, they're getting into like hardcore. Yeah, exactly. And I act, I, I like, I understand both sides of the arguments. I kind of do have to side with Sick of All on totally this side. I totally do, too. And the Born Against dude, to go on a little tangent, he had been doing shit like that over sillier stuff. He had, like, a zine where he would call out some of the bigger MYHC bands. He was pissed because Killing Time had, like, a banner that was professionally made, and he thought that was, like, a sellout. <laughs> yeah, that's really dumb. Yeah, it's dumb, and it's like, all right, man, fucking go, like, write a I mean, you know, sometimes for college. Like, sometimes uh, people might just want... Like, people sometimes don't want, you know, everything to, like, look and sound like diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... Which is weird, because Born Against sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's know? coming I from like a different band. angle than, like, the people we're talking about. Yeah. But but to your point, Tim, as some of these... What I was getting at is some of these hardcore bands move further and away, further away from looking and sounding like diarrhea. It creates kind of a vacuum for more extreme diarrhea music and that was filled by a few different <laughs> sort of scenes um I, I, you i'm glad you mentioned electro hippies because i think this shit we're talking about is definitely tied up with like what we would now call the crust scene what was called like stench core at the time oh yeah definitely because oh, yeah, yeah. those bands are all real extreme insane sounding like amoebics still sound scary there's even some japanese bands i think you could throw under that stench core Banner. Yeah, yeah. They're what, what, the professionally like, made stenchcore banner. Excuse me. Oh shit. Um, the clay. I'm thinking of the clay. No, the clay's like heavy. You you said yeah, that you like, saw that on the list. Yeah, yeah. The clay. I, I I you said you brought that up before we recorded, and I was like, I don't think the clay. Sounds no, the like clay sounds good. Honestly, the clay's like, the clay is sick. I just, clay I just is don't sick. think great band. Like that's not when I think of stenchcore. I don't think of like when I think of stenchcore. I think of like um. 
I don't know. All the well, stuff that you got. I mention. think it deviated and Sting. That's like the first, Sting is the first yeah, one I think of. And then, like, other electro hippies fucking. Amoebics. Amoebics. There's a band that was very noise core sounding when they started that's lesser known, but that everybody should check out called Genital Deformities. They started out as, like, a sore throat style, like, noise core band, and then actually evolved into more of, like, a stench core crossover crust band. So if you're into crust or if you're into noise core, look up genital deformities the early stuff is like more blasting crazy screaming like seth putnam stuff and then the later stuff is like heavy metallic shit but what i was getting to is that's i think the common denominator with like that and with the early noise core and grind stuff and with even like sort of extreme like early death metal and black metal even mayhem and shit Yep. is this underground tape trading network. That's how all this stuff got around. Like, that's how fucking, like, NYC Mayhem, which was, like, a nobody band from New York from 85 who played, like, early, like, shitty blast beats. Um, oh, yeah. That demo was, like, really influential and was, a in, in certain circles, a big deal in 85. And it was made by, like, these fucking teenagers. And it was because it kept fucking getting spread around because it was faster and like weirder sounding than everything else in 85 or most other things so I, I guess what i was getting at is if you're someone who's drawn to like this idea of like trading tapes and shit like you're probably gonna get into a mindset that i think we all understand of like oh man this thing's so crazy sounding i need the next craziest sounding thing because like my thing now is i find like obscure crazy sounding things made by weird kids and and if you're that kind of person like you probably will in the mid 80s mid mid to like late 80s would be consuming like a mix of like early grind and like early death metal even early black metal like all the things that kind of and, and maybe even like weird industrial music because that was also a big fucking tape trading scene if you're taking in all of that, like, and you're synthesizing it, you probably would end up with something that sounds like Fear of God or some of the other bands that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, that's, like, how everyone gets into, like, I feel like metal and extreme music lately, the last, like, 20, 30 years is, like, I heard Metallica, then I listened to Slayer, then I listened to Morbid Angel, then I listened to, you know, this band. Uh, last Days to, Humanity. Now I'm listening to Last Days Humanity. And, and, and now I'm at Enmity. Yeah, and now, I don't know where to go from there. But the problem is now, like, if there's not isn't the organic element you would get with like trading from zines. Like now, you can literally pick like, I want to be a, a a UK eighty two guy, and you can find every UK eighty two. <laughs> I want to be a ska guy. I want to be a ska guy. Whereas back then, like, you kind of had to rely on what crossed your path, you know. And what and you I could think that's get a, to. Yeah, I think that's a big and change. Waiting for it too. And you yep. had to you had to have a middle school to steal the horns out of to get your to start a ska band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say we should eventually. I would like to try and talk to like younger people and see like how do you get into like this kind of weird shit? Because like I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't understand how like. You know, what I mean, like, because like you said, you're right. Like, you can listen to like, it's right there. Like before, like in 2008, I wasn't eight. You weren't really able to just like, yeah, let me listen to like whatever. I mean, you kind of could. I I did that. Kind of could. It, it took. I but mean, you had to kind of know about it first. Well, you you have to be uh, have the certain. Your I mean, at least for me, like I I definitely did what you're describing. I fixated on somewhat specific scenes and like learned. Uh, like more about it than I needed to know as a 13 year old but that's because like my brain is like that like I am a nerd who is diagnosed with certain things not not autism but related things Um, and like 
I, so I, I did that, and that involved like a lot of time on the internet. Now, I think it might actually be less likely to happen now because the the thing that is new since we were kids is the fucking streaming services, and also the fucking blogs are gone. Like, I got a lot of that music off media fire links from blogs and shit, and SoulSeek, which is still around. Yeah. Um, now... It's it's people are and even we're reliant uh, to an extent on I guess listening to music on YouTube. There's obscure shit on there, and but like really people mostly use like streaming services, and that I think actually makes it harder to get into weird obscure records because they're not on there. Yeah, uh, people love to like pretend like oh all the music of the world is on streaming services. No, it's not, not even fucking close. I, said that accent, I mean, you're, yeah. you're definitely not going to find the genocide record on no any way. streaming service. And like you, like you can't well, listen to maybe. Crossed Out on there. You can't There's mad like shit you can't find on there. We like, just did recently to do a little plug. Leaking Head did a. Uh, we made a playlist for this uh, zine called Paperface Zine, and I'm pretty happy with the playlist. But I included they they did like a Spotify version of it. I had given them YouTube links. The band Murrow from Columbia, which is not an obscure band, but they they weren't on the Spotify version because I guess their labels. For probably pretty legitimate reasons, didn't want to put their shit on streaming, and that that sucks because that track is really good. But yeah, let's. Uh, there's so yeah, I think there's like a lot of different ways we get to it. I think the tape trading is like super important uh, because it, again, it's that spreading of ideas too. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's like the uh, the erosion of sound as like tapes go further and further. Four fifty fucking sixth seventh eighth copies of this one thing it's it's just gonna degrade it and i think that really people are just like i want like the fucking gnarly now i want it to sound like this this fucking nth generation uh version of the sore throat seven inch so we i have a kind of like a compiled like a small list of some bands that i think we should talk about that i think are like uh influential but also like you, you may not know them and if you do, that's cool. Uh, and then, like, some bands that, like, are you probably do know, but I think are very important to the conversation. Like, like Scum by Napalm Death, we mentioned. It's a no-brainer, like, yeah. No-brainer that that one's important to noise core and, like, extreme music. Um, but in, like, 85, there's a couple bands that, like, we said Crab Society North SOD. Like, SOD, what? Who, who put that out? Is that Combat Records that put that out? The uh, first SOD record? Yeah. I th- or it was either Combat or Megaforce. Megaforce, yes. I think it was Megaforce. Wait, yeah. was that 85? It was 85. Was it was, five. Yeah. Fuck me. I forgot it was that, that was, early. And right, that, that, that was milk? even before Rain and Blood. Yeah, that has milk on it, which is, I guess, maybe like the first, like, blast beat. The first metal blast metal beat. Metal blast maybe. beat. Um, I wouldn't say that because it's like a, a cheat beat. Uh, right, because he's just doing like two hands on the snare, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You so, gotta have all hands on deck. Yeah, yeah, which he didn't do for that one. Yeah, uh, a really obscure one that I think <laughs> only got rise from like the internet is the Brigada do, do Odio Olo Seco split. The That's Brigada Brazil. do Odio stuff is like r- insane sounding. That might have gotten around on tapes back in the day. I mean, the Brazilian hardcore that came out on. As a record, yeah, that was like a set Brazilian of hardcore scene was definitely the biggest in Latin America, and some some of those tapes did get around. Um, I feel I like feel like would... it's one of those things. Oloseco is kind like in terms of that. There's not really that many bands that like I think would be would have been popular in the United States. Oloseco, put yeah. it this way, was big enough that like I'm certain they got reviewed in MRR, and MRR they probably, probably yeah. even had an article about them. They might have even. 
I don't know if they were on the Peace Comp or Welcome to 1984, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if they were. What were we going to say, Tim? Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the Brigada de o- what's the Ojo, which, what's the crazy sounding one? The Brigada, Brigada de Brigada. Ojo Seco, mind you, is pretty fucking fast and crazy sounding yeah. for the time for 82, but not as crazy as no, Brigada de No, no, that came about 82. That came out later. Okay. I was it came out say, in 85. It's often labeled as 82 or 84. It came out in 85. Because Ojo Seco was around earlier, and I would say yeah. for their time were one of the like gnarlier sounding bands. They, yeah. they sounded like Turvi Cadet. Um, which, which was very popular in... Brazil for some reason. Yeah, hey, you, you look at pictures from back then, they all have like Kaus t-shirts and shit. I guess With the Finnish stuff made its way there. Cra- that is really bizarre. And you can hear the influence <laughs> on their bands. Yeah, we got to do a Brazil episode like very soon, they, I would say. But They must have been crazy into the... They had to have been into the tape training down there to get all they, the... Oh, yeah, so. definitely, yeah. Because um, so. that's like the fucking, you know, opposite sides of the world. Well, the, Brigada, really, the Brigada de Audio stuff sounds like crazy, but it also sounds like... Is it? Does it sound newer? It doesn't sound newer. It it sounds like 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 a cave. Like just yeah, oh, yeah, it sounds yeah. Super like fucking noisy, and it it sounds like it was recorded incorrectly. Yes, like yes, I don't think. Yeah. And this is something important. That people will always. I've I've brought this up on like social media before, and I think I've gotten like some uh, gruff about it or whatever. But uh, guff, guff. Make a guff about it, but it's like I don't. I don't think that was recorded correctly. I, I don't think that's not what the band was like trying to maybe do. Yeah, that's why it's you great. know that's why it's cool. Um, and Same if the band the... was trying to do that, that's fine. But it's hard with some of these er, some of that stuff like Bathory. I think I don't know if I mentioned that Bathory. I, the Swedish he like hates that album, right? Yeah, he hates the early. He hated the early stuff because it's not what it was. He was trying to sound. like. He like hates his like best record. The under the, the sign one? of the black, yeah, yes. he's like that's like the worst. It's like, dude, that's clearly the best. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? It's and the 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 thing that in the Swedish death metal book that I had that mentioned that was that you have like bands trying to imitate Bath that like record from Bathory. You have bands trying to imitate something that was an accident. Yeah, and that's like hard to do. Like, how do you do that? We know Swedish death metal bands use the HM2, they use these guitars, they use these amps, these settings. That's easy to fucking, like, replicate. Uh, yeah. Which could be the downfall of that sound in a sense that it's easy to replicate. Bathory, I never really have heard any other record that and sounds the, like that. The first and, album especially, I have no idea how the fuck you'd make a record sound like that. I don't like know, that. yeah. It's, the Brigada de Odeo thing, same thing. Like, it, like you said, it sounds like a cave. The vocals are like far away but really close to like they're yeah. like far away and loud it, it's bizarre and i think the fact they're from brazil honestly might lend some credence to the idea that it was straight up recorded incorrectly because and this you hear this with like hardcore records from even the early 80s too. some of the weird sounding ones i think it might have been a product of them recording with people who had never heard hardcore before and yeah. we're just like I and and it, and didn't really know how to do it, and that's why some of those records sound bad. Some some of them it actually works. Like look at the unseen terror record. Oh yeah, that sounds oh. ridiculous. I mean, it really it sounds like like a completely over the top with the like. Why is everything electronic? Yeah, that was like a just a trend. I would say. Uh, Another kind of album like that is like the first couple of Voivod records. I remember reading about how they like went to like 
someone who had never produced like metal stuff <laughs> like before. a rock guy or something yeah like some like yeah i do like rush and uh because they're canadian i do rush dude i don't do what this is uh, april wine helix <laughs> <laughs> and uh i do that diane sawyer song i did that uh genocide record eh <laughs> That lead, yeah, that, that one was definitely that. recorded by a rock guy. That's like very <laughs> obvious. Eighty-five, interesting year, because yeah, that's that's when we kind of get those yeah those metal bands. You yeah. said NYC Mayhem was eighty-five too. Yeah, that that's um, like that's like crossover because those guys went on to Straight Ahead, which was a hardcore band. They were like yeah. metal guys who ended up cutting their hair and doing Straight Ahead, which is pretty fast hardcore band too. Yeah. Um, Straight Ahead rules. Yeah, great, love them, love them. Um, NYC Mayhem, uh, they do sound like. They're, that demo, it sounds crazy because it really does. It's like, it sounds like death metal, but like, but play death metal wasn't like a thing yeah, really yeah. at that time. Sounds like little kids like trying to imitate death metal, but death metal didn't exist yet. Like except like maybe the first possessed record, first I guess. Pos- yeah, that was out. I mean, fucking the first two Slayer records were out. Yeah, actually, um, that, they, that could probably count. I, I guess Metallica, Metallica was out. Venom was out. Venom is probably an influence on some of the stuff too, because Venom sounds insanely fucked up on the first couple albums. Dude, oh, I watched. There's a really sick Venom video where the bass sounds like a bulldozer. <laughs> uh, dude, it he, sounds sick. He's he has one of the best bass sounds ever. Yeah. Totally underrated. Totally yeah. underrated. Him right. and Lemmy. Lemmy very important too. Oh, if, totally. For, yeah. In terms Those, of like. Thick, Th- those guys guys. and uh Tez from Discharge and the Earl from Bad Brains, those are the or the guys that uh Harley Flanagan cites as his big influences really? and yeah, I can definitely cool. definitely hear that. Um You found this band called Tranquilizer from Japan. Yes. Too. A lot of this stuff is on a playlist that we have up on our YouTube channel for sort of part one of this. Uh I went up through like nineteen eighty six. Some of this stuff we might have discussed in the last episode. There's this band Tranquilizer from Japan that's like insanely like again part of it sounds like it's because it was recorded wrong but i mean it just sounds like noise with blast beats and it's crazy Japan it's from 85 had, like straight up different like recording stuff like the yeah they had was like very different than the one we had the one they had in like the rest of the world i believe probably I think even, better too i think even england had different stuff than us too i mean the yeah. english records from the 80s sound different than the ones from here that's like the reason why They're very reverb sounds different yeah uh, i noticed that too like with the the English raggers have like a very weird, like a weird sheen on them. They do, even like GBH, all that stuff. Oh, so let's let's go ahead into the year. We're, we're uh, nineteen eighty six. Ooh, this is a really interesting year because this is like the crazy thrash metal records. This is crossover year. Crossover this is year. The, you know, this is the fucking mags and shit. You got yeah, Creator Slayer. Uh, Dark Angel. Yeah, like all the heavy, uh, like as far as like extreme thrash. Yeah, it's like it's combat like, core records, like number yes, one top yeah. year of all time. That Agnostic Front record that Peter Steele wrote, yep. which this is like the, which is a good record. It is a very good record. This is the year that uh, Stephen Blush is. This is his cutoff point for American hardcore. He's like, yeah, after this, it was something else. Um, okay. So, which is, I could see why you would say that. It makes sense. Well, I mean, um, it just makes him sound like a completely out-of-touch boomer, but... I know what he means, though. It, it was different. Like, you don't have, yeah. like, minor threat-sounding bands anymore after this. The metal influence, I don't think, really could be removed after this point. And he's acting like that's a bad thing. Yeah, come on, dude. Fair, that, that's where I would part <laughs> ways with him, yeah. Um, you got SOB, their first record, Leave Japan. Me Alone. That's um, a f- sort of blast-beady... That's crazy, like... 
fast hardcore punk stuff. Yep. Um, got Heresy from First the UK. Ne- never healed. Never yeah. healed. Again, that's com- that's a sort of different UK milieu than the crust stuff. I mean, uh, to my understanding, like Heresy and Ripcord and all those bands were super super like fast. But concrete socks. Concrete socks. Yeah. So the UK is is kicking up the speed a lot and and. Electro Hippies is around this time, too. Yep, and they all have that weird recording quality they have in the U.K. where it's very reverby and, like, uh, it has a sheen, but it's dirty sounding at the same time. It's great. Yeah. You only, yeah. really, hear, you only really, hear, really hear it on U.K. records. The the Never Healed, I, that's, like, my favorite heresy stuff Definitely. to this day. And uh, the vocals are just, like, they're buried, but you can still hear them. It's awesome, and I don't know how they did it. Yeah, I don't, that's, that fucking record always kind of gets me. Um, 86 is, yeah, I think really like, this is kind of where like metal, there's like always kind of like a weird back and forth between like punk and metal. I feel in terms yeah. of stuff like metal, like is going faster when a few years earlier, punk was like getting faster and faster, which uh, came from punk. I mean, we'll talk about this more in probably in future episodes, but like, metal guys started buying like gbh and discharge records and then punk guys were like who are these fucking metal guys ripping off <laughs> punk records but some of the, some of those punk guys were like this metal shit's kind of cool like we can make let's start this. the band crumb suckers or whatever yeah. um let's, like, accused let these hippies come in and play their long hair music fucking english dogs that's a, another good yeah. one from that time um, um dr no yeah. yeah, well, even they, they were crossover. They were earlier, but they, they were hardcore. They got yeah. pretty crossover. I mean, they got pinch harmonics and shit. So they definitely, yeah, went like like super we said, eighty six is like yeah. crossover central. It, it's interesting because noise core does not sound like metal at all. No, but I, but at the same time, I don't think you get to this level of like speed without the metal influence, which is interesting because like yeah, like you said, like the metal guys got it from punk. Yeah, it's like yeah. they outdo I, each other. I think other. like the noise core people probably were like fans of like everything. They just kind of were like. Yeah, maybe they like some metal bands, and then they like some punk bands, and then there's, you know back and forth, back and forth, and then they this. they took the chunkiness of metal, yeah, the speed of punk, yeah, and then like you know the crazy, um, you know, fuck your society, you know, ethos oh, of yeah. hardcore, I guess. Well, which is another point I wanted to bring up. Like, I think I feel like there was for a lot of these bands, they were just like they wanted to create like havoc. Like yeah. a like a yeah. or, like a total oral assault. I would be curious to know. I agree. I'm nodding my head. Can you? You know. I agree. I I agree. That's my Robert uh, De Niro. Eighty-five, eighty-six That's is. <laughs> That's real good. Eighty-five, eighty-six is when um sarcophago first demo comes out, and the first LP is eighty-seven. That is another Brazilian band. They're hey, Sepultura too. Sepultura they're, they're also from, very uh, fast, very back, extreme back band. There? Wagner Antichrist comes from uh, Sepultura. He was in Sepultura. He was on the uh, what? Bestial Devastation, then, yeah, right? And he's like, posers. They're they're becoming posers, or what? I don't know what he's why he split exactly. I think um, it was it was mostly because uh, they were like everybody except him didn't want to do like the satanic metal angle. Oh, okay. 
Which, you know, makes sense because right over that, they put, like, what? Sepultura, it's schizophrenia, which is, yeah. you know, it's definitely way more on, like, that it's more like Politico I'm, thrash. I'm uh, in the head, dude. Yeah. I'm psycho. Nobody can understand what goes on inside my mind. Find your dead body on the side of the road. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, we. Uh, there's this guy there's from. There's a guy uh, called Psycho Cutter from Kaiser, West Virginia, that we are in love with. It's like. He's he's in that area right on the border of West Virginia and Maryland, probably like a real rough spot. Yeah, it's where we're, they drop like you know nuclear waste. <laughs> uh, wouldn't surprise me. We're doing the like obscure like tape trader private press thing, but for like Reverb Nation horrorcore rappers is what we've yeah. been doing. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's pretty. It's it sucks, but I will not that, stop doing it. What was it that Grave Mountain? Yeah, I don't know what like, that is. Yet. How did that like ha- actually have people who were like, "This is good"? Yeah, they had like a Life Lover sample. That's kind of tight. That's really cool. That's pretty cool, actually. I mean, that's in- interesting at the very least. Yeah. So, Psycho Cutter is. Uh, <laughs> if you ever hear us mention dead bodies or, like, or or blood, life and blood. I, I have one of his songs on our YouTube channel now, so oh, you can sweet. hear that. If you're did checking you, out our playlist, you, you can go ahead and hear the song. I lost my mind on a deadly night. Oh wait, is that the one with the good? Uh, yeah, it's got that beat on it. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. We sorry. I just want to you know. Sarcophago is another if you listen to the demo it's just like real shit recording quality they're trying to do like early death metal and playing really sloppy I could definitely hear if that tape got and I know that tape made its rounds on the trading circuit if that got duplicated a bunch of times it would sound like this sort of otherworldly noise core thing their LP is another one that sounds like it was recorded wrong it has like an electronic snare and it's bizarre yep. and unlistenable it, so oh, I love it. I wish weird. I didn't sell my copy of that Really? Ago. Yeah. Damn. Dude, there are like a ton of records where I'm just like, oh, I had that record. Why the fuck did I sell this? Huh. Yeah. I mean, that one is ab- about as hard to listen to as any of this little cunt shit or whatever we're going to talk about. It's not a fun listen. What I was uh, going to For you, maybe. For me, I, mean, I love it. Not a conventional, normal you know, way of uh, fun. Hey, when the... Uh, if you are false, do not entry. Uh, or you will, you will be, be burned, burned and, and died. died. The, and the nuclear drums. Will crush you or whatever. Yeah, you don't know. It is I good. Mean, it is a good record. I'm, <laughs> I'm more into the uh, the final Sarcophago record, that Crust record, where it's it's not a Crust record. It's called Crust. Yeah. <laughs> is that, but, they're uh, like, we eat our sandwiches. We take off the Crust. crust. <laughs> you know. Um. But no, was, they uh, they actually they have a drum machine and they put it to like a thousand miles an hour and yes. it sounds awesome. Yeah, they're, they're sweet. And they have a song called "Fuck uh, Off," uh, the melodic black metal where they're like, "Demi Borgir, Cradle of Filth, you are dumb." Yeah, and now Wagner Antichrist is like a lawyer. So who's dumb now? Yeah, I was gonna say I'm kind of one thing I've been wondering about is to what extent. I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, yeah. but. Um, like some of these noise core artists, like would do you think any of these, like the real noise core artists, we're gonna get to in a second, like Fear of God, etc. See, Fear of God isn't a noise core band. I thought they were. No, I would say they that's are, more like they have they have song like they have actual songs, and they just they are one of the things where it's like production. They are just marred by production. Well, because I don't know, like. I, you're the expert here, so I'll defer to you. But I can tell you, to me, like that doesn't just sound like a grindcore band. It's weird no, and no, noisy. No, no, but here's my my friend Sean Sean Beard. He we he showed me Fear of God years many years ago, uh, and he had like an idea, the idea that uh, a statues fall, a statues fall, yeah, or a statues fall. 
as statues fell. Uh, that on the seven inch uh, before that pneumatic slaughter, I believe it's called. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's got the the like kind of vocals, and he's on as statues fell. He's like imitating the distortion essentially. Yeah. Like he's he's doing like an exaggeration. Like he was like trying to sound like something being blown out by like You're talking about him doing the Yeah. That kind thing. of thing. Sorry if I blew out your speakers there. He uh, that really does that's a good way to put it because it does. In the sound beginning like, of that yeah. record it's like the like constantly blow, like getting up. It's like kind yeah. of like him imitating like what overblown like overdriven like vocals would sound like well because then he like it, trying to do it naturally he moves on to like the, the the more yelling and it just sounds like extremely blown out you yeah. know yeah yeah he's like so uh, and the guitar is like i don't they were i don't think they were like trying to sound like that i think it's just like how it ended up like like the brigada de odio stuff that's it's interesting just, that's how it ends up I, I had seen them on like noise core lists and to me it didn't sound their stuff doesn't sound that different than like seven minutes of nausea or any of that shit really. i would say the only difference is that like they have like songs like like we're under my fingernail um seven up running through have, the blood the blood like, Seven Minutes of Nausea kind of has songs, too, though. They, yeah, they do, but like, so they'll have, like, like 200 songs on a 7-inch. Yeah. Anal Cunt didn't on really a, start doing... On one side of a 7-inch. I don't think Anal Cunt really started doing, like, real songs until, um, well, like, Morbid Florist, probably. Uh, yeah, right, but after they broke up, like, when they reunited. Yeah. Right, yep. But, but, but I, I'm glad you mentioned Sean, because what I was getting at is I'm wondering how much, if, if at all, any of these people were aware of, like, White House or any of that, like, avant-garde power electronics or harsh noise stuff, because... I mean, he had well. The singer yeah. of Fear of God had like a noise project. Okay, that's probably so why I he's think they were probably aware of it. Because that, that again, that's one of those things. Even if they weren't aware of it, I definitely think White House and Throbbing Gristle, and I probably White House more than anybody else, uh, tore down some of the barriers that let this happen. Because that is very non-musical music. It's also the subject matter is extremely disturbing and taboo, mm-hmm. and it seems like some of these grind and uh noise core bands were talking about like to honestly not go as far as white house would have but to explore like to make their records like disgusting that's what i'm talking about oh, yeah. with like the chaos element like they wanted to like you know fuck people up or yes like, yeah shit. and and that 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 sort of attitude of like i want to fuck people up but like more so than the dead boys like go further than that like that, you could trace that back to suicide, even. But then after that, it's like White House and all those real experimental bands. So right, it's not like that. Yeah, Rochester, minds. New York chaos style. Yeah, <laughs> it's more like a different chaos style. Hey, folks, Tyler Hammer here. I just want to talk to you about one of our sponsors, Shirley Road Records. Uh, you can go to shirleyroadrecords.bandcamp.com, and they got a lot of different things that I think fans of this podcast would enjoy. Ranging from punk, grindcore, hardcore, death metal even, and some more experimental stuff. A couple things that I would personally recommend is uh, some new releases from the label. uh, And that is I Hear Ghosts with the album God's Not Here. Pretty chill, kind of experimental, atmospheric, hip-hop, industrial kind of stuff. Um, Great for, you know, when you're just chilling at home alone or maybe on a long car ride. An Anxiety Party by Burial Sounds. 
kind of in the industrial vein, but a little more heavy, a little more dirty sounding, maybe a little experimentation thrown in there. While you're at it, toss in a couple distro items. Chili Road Records carries stuff from To Live a Lie, No Time Records, Vehicular Homicide Productions, uh, among other things. And he's got a couple new items. Uh, some older stuff that he's had in the in there is the discography from Backslider CD. Um, Backslider, if you aren't aware of, great, great power violence band. Uh, one of the best from that uh, the late 2000s kind of era. And then uh, I would recommend Stuck by Nicholas F., a great Richmond rapper uh, who's put out a, a ton of new, uh, really, really, really great stuff. And I think anyone that's a fan of uh, the old school hip hop, the 90s golden era stuff would really, really, really dig this. So go to shirleyroadsrecords.bandcamp.com and let them know Kings of Punk sent you. So yeah, let's continue down this this kind of list. Let's go next. 87, we, we're talking about some bands. We've talked about Scum and stuff like that. 88 is kind of where the birth, really kind of the birth of this kind of thing in my mind. Um, seven Minutes of Nausea had, I believe, been a band and stuff like that. That's Japanese, right? They're, no, they're Italian, right? Italian. Uh, uh, they're European. I know they're European. No, they are, they are Italian. I remember it because we talked about them in some other episode. Okay. Um, Fear of God. They came out. The Statues Fell, 88. I think Pneumatic Slaughter is 87, though. Okay, yeah. But um, yeah. I think the... That well, just sounds like more... Again, I, I think I might... Well, no, I think... That. No, because you know what it was? It wasn't Pneumatic... It was that other record. the Like the self-titled 7-inch, Fear of God. Oh, and that's that, what it is. I think Pneumatic sorry. Slaughter came out after yeah. As Statues Fell. I could be okay. wrong, but I f- that yeah. sounds the, right I think you're, you're right, you're right. But, uh, uh, yeah. We have... Uh, uh, Gothicles, I, I have them down here. I didn't know uh, it was that early. I Shit. wouldn't say they're Gothicles is a noisecore band, but like again, they're that they're in that mindset of like we are like this is why we're sounding like this on purpose. Like men's core is supposed to sound kind of like lo-fi. Yeah. So they have cannibalistic gnosticism. If this is gore, what's meat then? Um, Another yeah, one. Sore throat. Uh, Death that, the Cabal is hardcore, I believe. Great, came great out record. That, that, that's one that I actually do really like and have listened to for a long time. Uh, Carcass Reek of Pretrefaction. If we're talking about big, like releases, like Car- that that's the introduction. To, like that's Gorgrind. That's worth, where Gorgrind worth, starts. Worth noting that Carcass had demos before this that are yes. also would fit into the noisecore milieu or proto noisecore because it's got like the fucked up pitch shifted vocals and the disgusting lyrics yeah. and the. I mean, it wouldn't sound like music to any normal person, certainly. The first demo had someone else on vocals who was like, that was like the only thing he, I think, did for some reason. I don't know. The UK has a lot of bands that where they just get a guy. They get their their mate. Uh, they get you their know, mate uh, from the pub. Yeah, they got Ribsy. You're like I got, stupid bullshit. I got Diffy. Name. We were from Birmingham, and Diffy from the pub did the vocals on the first. Yeah. And Eddie had a glue-sniffing so accident and couldn't survive <laughs> in the factory, and we had to get... We got Blowney. We had to get Blowney and Colin. <laughs> <laughs> then we got... You know, we got a... There's, there's a ton of stuff from 88. Um, we got Greg's... Craigsy. <laughs> Craigsy. We got Meat Shits. 
Meet, meet the, the shits. shits. I had now, heard that until I was doing yeah. show prep. Amazing. Uh, now, have you heard of Meat Shits before? I've heard of them. I never listened to it. Now, what do you think? What do you think of Meat Shits? What have you thought about Meat Shits before and like after? I thought it was going to be fucking retarded, and then it was even more fucking retarded than I thought it was going to be. I think now they have like actual songs at some point. They like one of those bands that evolves into like having like real songs. I feel like that's um, probably also retarded. Now. Here's the thing. The thing about Misha's... Where are they from, first off? California. Okay. So, you probably don't know this, but uh, some members of some power violence bands end up playing in the Misha's. Specifically, I, I Spaz heard, and Plutocracy. I've heard you mention that, I think, uh, actually. So, But I did not uh, know it, personally. They are mostly known for being like a super extremely misogynistic in their song titles and like I knew covers. That, I knew that, too. Actually, Racist, yeah. too, aren't they? Well, uh, not not as much. I, that, not that I've never really heard that. Now this is this is this is a warning. Woo, woo. Boiling hot take. We're talking nuclear level, maybe hot take here. Uh oh. Uh, so people talk about me shits. They're oh, they're so bad. They're they they're so misogynistic and mad. I would say. Meat Shits has done more for feminism and of that matter, of anti-misogyny, than they have of inc- creating misogyny. Why? Now, the reason why <laughs> Hear them out. might be insane. When people see that, there are two reactions. Like, seeing, uh, I'm going to, like, something where it's like, I'm going to uh, kill you and then molest you. Like, kind of that kind of stuff. A they think that's psycho. disgusting <laughs> and gross. They think they probably think that's disgusting or gross, or they they with the sexist stuff they go, oh hell yeah, like uh. yeah, people like psycho cutter. Being like, I don't think yeah, you, you a person, really good. Yeah, I don't think a person is like sees meat shits and go, well, I never thought about like that with women. I agree. I think it's mostly like ha 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 ha, like either on like a ha 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 ha, this is funny, which is why I think people from Spaz and the Putoxy play with them because it's like this is an era where. The 80s and 90s were different. Like, I don't think they yeah. thought seriously. And I don't think most people think of that band very seriously. But I also think it, the way I think it has done more for feminism is that, like, a lot of people will see that and go, well, fuck that shit. I'm not, I'm not against that. And they will, they are emboldened to uh, not be like that. I, I think that. I know it, this is an insane thing to think. I don't think that's, ins- I don't think it's insane to think that happens. My, my, I guess, and, and mind you, like I do not give a fuck about canceling a band called the Meat Shits or anyone from Spaz. Yeah. But I think the the issue, the reason why people might actually object to this band is that um, the ha 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 joke thing. Like there are for the, a certain kind of person, there it is really easy to go from I'm laughing at this to oh well if it's okay to laugh at that means it's not a big deal to like oh I actually think this. yeah I mean that's why it's like I guess kind of bad is that like yeah. a, a lot of some people like cannot dis cannot differentiate between a potential joke and the reality of the situation or like, they can but they are not as nearly as good at it as they think they are yeah I think that's what it really is I think it, we're all kind of susceptible to that yeah, to some an, extent here's my take on the meat shits. I don't really know if any of that matters with them because, like, there's what maybe like a dozen people who like listen to them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another like good that's point. the more important. I think that's also the more important part. It's like who 
likes the meat shit? Yeah, like a probably like a dozen people. Like Motley so, Crue has done like no no. Limp Biscuit has actively caused like sexual people assault. to rape people. Yeah, I mean Motley Crue so probably has meat two. Shits. Motley Crue has two. I mean Motley Crue has committed sexual assault. I mean, they, they 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 are yeah murdered deviants. a guy in a drunk driving accident. Oh yeah yeah. Like more people probably listen to Psycho Cutter than the meat shits probably. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised um, at that. But yeah, and, I guess and my, he's my talking point about is, killing babies and making them into puppets. My baby's dead and my puppets are alive. My, baby, my puppet baby. My point is, is that like I don't think people like I don't think people listen to the meat shits and then their mind is like turned into like a sexist. I think if they agree if they like agree with that, which I. It's not a question. The Mishas aren't asking, haha, yes, you agree with me on this. Well, yeah, I don't think anyone would hear it and agree I, with I it. Think but. it. I think more often the case is when people are like, anti the meat shits it's they listen to it and they go well this is fucked up i don't like like yeah I, it embo- it cr- creates a line in their head where they're like i'm clearly on the feminist side that's I'm true clearly on the like this is too much like this I, is this a joke kind of thing and i i'm not saying that's what the meat shits that's a good thing because the meat shits did that and that's why they you shouldn't like quote unquote cancel cancel them um i just think that like Caring about that is, uh, I think about caring about that is really stupid. I think like, making that, I agree. I think it's making that band a priority is a mistake. But I can understand why, like, someone would have the mindset of, like, look, I don't care if they're joking. Like, how many times yeah. you joke about it? Like, listen, I joke about lots of things that I shouldn't, but I don't know. I try to be, at this point in my life, conscientious of, one, is it funny enough to be worth <laughs> it? And I try to err on the side of, I think I'm pretty funny. When it comes but, to um, music, I don't think mo- most music is just isn't funny to me. I agree. Like yeah. most music that tries to be funny isn't funny. Oh, we've talked about this before. Yeah, most of it's like don't try to be funny in your band, like un- unless like you're like Lou Reed or Bob Dylan or uh, the Dictators or, or Psycho I guess, Cutter. I'm just Psycho naming Cutter. all the. I'm just naming all the Jewish rock stars, but the, you know, take that. It is you what know, it is. Psycho Cutter, he's up there with them the too. Band C4 he is funny. It's pretty funny. That I haven't listened to them yet, dude. It's funny. It's really stupid, but it's like it's lowbrow in a way I mean, that I think I can appreciate. Sick, I you, love lowbrow. On the hardcore. on the record, it says like someone getting hit in the head with a hammer, and the the person getting hit in the head has a shirt that says like "I love techno" or something. That's no, so which cool. is so stupid. That's, That's like, so cool. <laughs> that kicks ass. Damn, I will buy that record for that alone. Make it a shirt. Hell, yeah, it needs to be I a love shirt. Techno yeah, and just something. Where, like, I don't so even want sick. like a band name. Like, just give me a shirt with a guy wearing uh, "I Love Techno" shirt. Getting his That's so cool. Hammered in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think the meat shits are funny, and I like, I don't really think they're that good. Uh, so like, where sore throat is funny. Anal cunt is, is funny. Anal cunt is pretty funny. It's kind of funny. Uh, of course, it's know. funny. Like, yeah, I guess we did like three hours about how it's funny. Yeah. How it's obviously funny. Yeah, I think it's I think it's, it's pretty funny. Um. So yeah, I'm not I just so everyone listening. I'm not advocating for the Mishas being a band. Get mad at them. I think it's funny. Uh, I I'm laughing at you if you're getting mad at the Mishas, a band that of all uh, bands. almost does not exist in like the real world. Like, do you know how many records Eminem sold? Yeah, exactly. Take, I I don't, but it's a lot more take, than the take Meat the shits. amount of of uh, records the Mishas have sold, and then you know you got to multiply that by probably like you know twenty. 30, we can't calculate the number. Yeah. It's not the number doesn't exist. Or actually, just multiply by a million. 
And that's probably uh, your... The shady meat shits ratio is too big for conventional integers. Yeah, the, to, the meat to, shits to are just like a tiny... Like on the huge radar of the M&M, you know, sales. Um, <laughs> I don't think the meat shits would even be a blip on the no. radar. It'd be like, oh, uh, there's a pile of dog shit and, I mean, he sold more records because Kim did deserve it. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> that bad mother Kim. <laughs> <laughs> now let's let's talk about something here. This is from '89. We got two, I think, two bands that are important that have a couple of important releases: Seven Minutes of Nausea with Thrash Bora, and then of all the sh- the shit you had me listen to for this, that was by far the one I enjoyed. The this most. is that was cool. We were talking about this in the car when we were going to Seven Eleven to get our Mountain Dew Rise energy drinks. I don't have uh, one of these for it. Is good. Tastes like Mountain Dew. Yeah. Podcast. Um, they're like a hard. They're like a hardcore band, kind of, in the sense that they they have song titles and lyrics, and they will have like longer sections, but they are mostly just like really fast, like just micro songs. Yeah, they're playing with feedback and stuff too, which I think goes a long way with this stuff, because like I don't know, just the the just distorted guitar and blast beats with no discernible chords, like. That does get a little old for me, and hearing like a weird noise that I don't know what it is will 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 keep me engaged with this style of music more so than I would be engaged with it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Now, we uh, I had asked a couple people that I know uh, some recommendations. Like, who would you recommend to like listeners of like Noisecore to check out Noisecore? And uh, I asked two people, uh, Jay. Tishy from uh, Sidetracked. I don't and know if I'm Silent, saying your and last Silent name Bob. correctly. What was that? You asked Jay and Silent Bob. And Silent Bob. Um, Jay and I asked my friend, our friend Seven. Shout out Seven, yeah. Scab Addict, who sent us a copy of the Scab Addict Autodidact split. Uh, Autodidact, another friend of the podcast, Chris, from Flux Capacitor. That split is sick. I listened, really You good. played it for me the first time today, and it's fucking actually, it's awesome. So... Both Jay and Seven, on their recommendations, put Seven Minutes of Nausea's Thrash Bora Flexi on there. I think it's a Flexi, yeah. So, probably, it's a classic of the noisecore genre, basically. Jay, this is what Jay told me. He's like, I wanted to start this out by saying it took me a minute to get into noisecore because I was so concerned with songcraft, and there was definitely a time in my life where the idea of stringing one second song together was not appealing. To which I'd say that's the thought that almost everyone... And the world has. Yeah. Um, he says, what's interesting about 7 Minutes of Nausea is I think a lot of people from the PV world uh, that this is like their first exposure to maybe to noise score with the Bliard comp. They were oh, on the Bliard comp. They, they were. Like That's why we songs. talked about them before. That's why we yeah, knew. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, I, would, uh, I think it piqued my interest enough to where I would look at their Discogs page in disbelief at having like 500 songs on a 7-inch. Once in a while, I would come across scans of their inserts and further disbelief at their lyric sheet. They have a unique style that has been very influential to me for having a song title, and then the lyrics are a sentence which does not say the song title but is related to it. Uh, my favorite record they did is the Thrash Bar Flexi from 89. Um, and I, I, I think that is something. Let me uh, quick here. Oh, man. Just looking at the, this. So... Seven says, uh, Seven Minutes and Audrey on the Whole is a pretty hit or miss band in terms of quality releases, but their early stuff stands strong as some of the finest examples of Noisecore ever, noise ever recorded. Thrash Bora is a standalone EP that is a perfect first listen for anyone who wants to get into this band 
Imagine a group whose members all agreed that You Suffer was the best song on Scum. Maybe even the best song ever. <laughs> so much that they decided to make a band whose song sounded just like that song over and over again. Is it ridiculous? Is it revolutionary? Yes. And uh, yes, all the songs have lyrics. The rapid start-stop editing, relentless bombardment of thwacking string instruments, the Crash-style snare rolls, this is all highly educational stuff. I, I thought of the Crash thing when I heard it, too. And, and also, in terms of these episodes, I think that band used feedback in a way that, that sort of uh, I could hear shades of in some of the stuff we're talking about. And also, it was a very kind of anti-musical band in a way mm -hmm. that their contemporaries in the punk scene were not, which is why a lot of people didn't like Crass, for one thing, yeah. for a number of reasons. But And uh, from there, Seven Minutes of Nausea did end up doing a split with Anal Cunt. Um, Anal Cunt in 89 has the 88 song demo, and a split or two. I thought and that then was 1988. Have, uh, no, that was 89. It, it's called the 88 song demo. Oh, the 47 song demo was 88. Was it? Yes. Okay, that was then probably like 88. I then. listened to that today. Um, but in 89, they have the 5,643 song EP. Is it actually that many songs? Well, um, they then they like layer songs over like the songs are already so they would have like three songs playing at once. What so, so like yeah, they did that. That, actually, that is some harsh noise experimental like kind of uh, tape loop shit. See, That's like what I'm talking to be about. Funny, I, I actually it's even better. I can tell you what they did actually because I have one. I have their like all uh, their noise core compilation where it's like all the pre '93 stuff on a CD. Yeah, they took. They had like a. They went to like a real studio or something like that, and they had like a sixteen track, and they had just one mic, and they would have it in the room, and they would just play it until like it's done, till like the fifteen or so however many minutes of like what a record would be is done, then they would go to the second track, play for that many times, just stop starting, Damn, stop I haven't starting. Listened to this yet. I want to hear that. Doing cov They did covers apparently, like Slaughter and shit, like Celtic Frost. Um, on that record and then yeah they did that like wow. 15 times so there technically could almost be that many songs because it's just layer and like on the 16th track is where like the piano they have like a weird piano intro Damn. of Seth playing the yeah, piano yeah that's like metal machine music shit yes that's like, like yeah. real avant-garde that's experimental they were like really that. ahead of the game on that one really yeah. uh, one thing I wanted to say about Anal Cunt that I was struck by listening to the 88 song demo and then when I revisited that genital deformities band their early stuff I know it's the same thing rather because with a lot of this grind stuff even to this day it's like you'll kind of in power violence too you'll hear like oh this guy's doing the low vocals and then this guy's doing the high vocals yeah Seth Putnam on that 88 song demo is doing the loopy wacky wild up and down vocals instead yeah that's and, like the napalm death kind of style I yeah yeah it is actually I didn't even think of that but I feel like that is something that I mean, I guess I'll ask you, is that typical for noise core stuff? Is that, like, associated with this genre? Or is it just something that happens to work really well for it? Because given I, that it's an absurd genre, that is... I mean, he sounds like a clown, and it yeah, works good for this. I think it depends on the band. Uh, like, it, that clear, like I said, it's clearly from, like, Lee Dorian, on like, especially from Enslavement. Like, he does the low, high, low, high thing a lot. Um, which is just, like, that's, like, a traditional... That's like a grindcore trope yeah. kind of now. Like for just for people who maybe haven't listened to any of this stuff, I'm not talking about when like, oh, on the verse I do low and then I go high for the chorus. I'm talking about like literally ooh. going ah, 
or even like like that kind of like that's what that 88 song demo sounds like he is going up and down like wildly and unpredictably what he would do i think like an idiot he would shake the mic in front of his mouth and then he would you know because remember that like live video where he's like doing that and it's like Mm -hmm. he looks insane like it, it sounds really fucked up and that is not something that I was expecting from like a grind band. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not. Usually they do one or they switch in a syncopated way. This is just mm-hmm. just makes him sound like a fucking crazy person who's in pain and who is also a clown. Yeah, Th- and I would say after '89, I mean, there's like I don't want this to become just a list episode. After '89, that's where like I think noise score then becomes like this is an established kind of genre right now. When did they start calling it that? Do you know? Dude, I don't know. So something I wanted to point out though is that noisecore was sometimes referred to as like hydrahead bands, like botch and stuff. Oh, you mean like that weird kind of like it's like weird dissonant- ma- like atmospheric e- kind of metalcore dissonant- or whatever. The metalcore. Yeah. Yeah, like we don't want So like coalesce. Coalesce or like yeah, botch. Uh, um the con converge, converge, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, like, I, yeah, that was, they were kind of labeled as noise core, like being, cause it's like noisy hardcore. Um, I remember seeing like fuck corporate noise core, like a shirt or like an image or something like that. And I was just like, this is like maybe 12, 10 years ago. And I was just like, what's what, how could you make corporate noise core? Not knowing the like. That noise core was used as like that kind of like a term. So that shirt was indeed like referencing like Hydra Head. Yeah, like much. those okay. kinds of bands. Um, it it's wasn't like, you know. It's like LMFAO, but the songs are two seconds long. Yeah, that's what, yeah, they're talking, exactly. that's what they're referring to. Corporate noise core. Yeah. Uh, I, man, I love LMFAO. Man, I love good band. Uh, I love good that group. Jake Paul song. It's uh, every day, oh, bro. Man. It's every day, yeah, bro. I like that. I Kiara listened to it <laughs> earlier today. It was pretty funny. I like when the British, his British friend says, England is my city. That's yeah. probably the funniest. I've been thinking about that my favorite, for five years. My favorite uh, comment on that video is, the song hits different on mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 1990 is like when like I think Noisecore kind of is like this is an established kind of sound because like Grindcore is becoming more metal kind of at that point. Yeah. And then you have like a band like Agothically is still like holding it true. Bands like Agothically is holding it true with like being like we're going to continue like from even in the mid 90s we're like keeping it like more lo-fi. We're not like going metal. Death metal is like its own thing by that point too. Oh, right? totally. I mean cuz late 80s that sort of came into its own in the late 80s. That's when like the Nihilus demos come out and shit, right? Late, late yeah. 80s, yeah. 90s yeah. when Entombed's uh first record comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. That's where like everyone's like, first album comes out. Definitely becomes like its way own. Like and just I within the 90s, yeah. Broke out of the tape trading circuit is what yeah. happened. Yes. Yeah. If now they're LP. Now all those bands have yeah, they, LPs. Yes. They uh, yeah. fucking what was it like Columbia or Sony or something signed like Morbid Angel and it's like oh that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wild yeah. that that even happened. Yeah, I don't well, know if it was Columbia. Yeah. It was like maybe a subsidiary of something like giant, it was like a ra- giant records. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, it's crazy how how kind of popular those bands got within like the underground scene. Um, coming from the underground scene, playing the stuff they did. Um, but like 1990, the Giro 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 Gary Tokyo Anal Dynamite. I sent that to you. That's I a great. Listen to some of that. Yeah, it's very hard to get. It to is get a through. lot. Yeah, because that's like sounds like a live recording, and it's all high end, and it yeah. just sounds like screaming and fucking scratching. Yellow Trash Bazooka 
is probably more digestible because it's okay. like a seven inch. Um, I, I would say that might be my favorite. I mean, the Giro Gary Gay Gay Gay. Uh, if you don't know, they're from Japan. They are like a noise avant-garde band. I, I won't even say like noise core because that's only like part of it. They do some ridiculously wacky stuff. Um, did you watch that video I sent to you? I did not watch that yet. No. Oh, where the uh, the one guy is like vacuuming the other guy's penis. And wow! Like scream. Yeah, that's yeah. Idea. See, it's, I figured some wacky. of this stuff w- would veer into that sort of performance art, like avant-garde yeah. territory. It yeah. would have to. That's yeah. So with the Giro Gary gay gay gay, that's like part of it. Um, also, if you didn't know, Gary's gay. Gary is gay. That's oh cool. shit! Gay three times. You know, I've gay, only been gay gay like one time. Yeah, <laughs> like one and a half. I would say, like as I mentioned, we have we had some friends of ours. Uh, Send us some recommendations. I wanted to just, like, touch on what they had to say about some of them. Some of them we mentioned um, from bands we mentioned. I think they kind of go into really good detail about it. And some of them are, like, more newer stuff, too. Um, and I wanted to just touch on some newer stuff before we kind of end the episode. Um, let's finish up Seven's recommendations. He recommended the Dash A Charge self-titled 7-inch. That's that's the Great. one that I kind of liked because it had more low end. It it reminded me. It did remind me of like a harsh noise record because it is like just a low end, like blown out hum with a tea kettle man with a tea kettle man screaming. And it was like because when I listen to harsh noise or like you know like White House Power Electronics that kind of shit, the way that I learned to enjoy that is you put it on for a while. And once you acclimate to it, it, it you kind of let it wash over you and it becomes mm-hmm. kind of soothing in a way. Yeah. Um, that is the one where it's just, it's like a wall of noise and it's going, oh, oh, oh. That oh. was the one where I could yes. do that, yeah. And yes, I couldn't, that whereas that. The, that Japanese band, G- Gary's Gay, I could not do that. Yeah. I tried and a it was not chaotic. happening. Yeah. Uh, with, so this is what Seven said. Uh, the way that they create noisecore songs has become really identifiable. The one, two, three, go style that gradually gets faster, more chaotic. Talking about their earlier stuff. Most of their records portray that very spontaneous get drunk. Place a microphone somewhere in the room and record on as much nonsense as possible vibe. Their 7-inch EP on regurgitated semen records, however, is still a true standout in their discography, which I agree. A dense wall of pure noise made up of drum machines and overblown guitar and bass with some truly ignorant vocals. Uh, Over 1,000 tracks, each vocal grunt counts as a song. This is real life. Deal with it. And I, yeah, it's just, just... it's kind of like yeah, yeah. It kind of puts you in like a lull almost because it's just like almost an yeah. unmovable object. So I could fuck with that. Yeah, yeah. I it move, doesn't yeah. change. Deal with it. It's like yeah. a hum. It's like just a pulse that doesn't stop of fuzz. If, if I could bring up another with group, a tea kettle man. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the group that Jake hates. I made him. I, I played him the record, and he we listened to ten minutes of it, and we thought we were listening to it for an hour. Uh, we both. We, we oh. both thought that to be fair I'll put that I definitely we, did too when we're done recording are you gonna leave I'm gonna leave but fucking uh, where, where is that band from Sweden Sweden is that from that same era they're from 90s like the, that's mid 90s I, I think thought, yeah. mid late 90s early 2000s uh, that record came out in what like was it like 2001 I yeah. think is so that noise core though because they sound that is like, noise uh, to that me, definitely that's, is that's noise core or maybe I would say that's noise grind yeah, because it sounds like they, they have, have songs. like songs, yeah, they but like have songs. it's recorded in a way where it's not good. Noisy. <laughs> that, that was my issue. With, it was like real hard to listen to. Um, I kind of like that though. I, I got I got respect for yeah. that record. I, I I do too. 
on some. I level. love it. I mean, I, I need if, if I could if I, putting a record on that would make. I mean, not just you, Jake, but I'm sure you know any person would probably be like. Turn this shit off. I mean, a, a normal person would say that about every record we've ever said that we liked on this podcast, to be fair. Yes, it, yeah. Pretty much every Well, record. besides Grateful Dead. <laughs> and, like, the Good Rats. Uh, right, those are our two yeah. outliers on that end. But uh, And then he uh, got a couple more here from Seven. Uh, World Cripple Bastard Split 7-inch from 99. That uh, World thing, you sent that to me, and it, yes. that, that was awesome. Said, I'm adding this pretty much just for World's Half. I consider this their discography one of the best in the genre, and their half of the split is the crowning jewel. A Japanese trio who really pushed noisecore into places that few could take it. The world stuff reminded me of um, Seven Minutes of Nausea in that it was very disjointed sounding and sort yeah. of very herky jerky, which I can I can get down with. Well, uh, the reason why is because uh, they have it's just uh, vocals and drums and the vocals are like have like effects and stuff like that yeah which it. I couldn't even tell that it was just those two when I heard it because all the distortion it sounded like a fucked up guitar yeah it's awesome and then uh, another one from 7 is the penis geyser napalm death is dead split 7 inch uh, penis geyser from like Ohio I believe they're, they're they very funny they played here before I think too remember I believe so yeah they played at the Rosen Crown yeah or, right uh, up the street back when it was Monty's yeah uh, I have to give it up for some modern stuff. Penis Geyser are truly American noisecore heroes. They are true lovers of the noisecore genre and the embodiment of its spirit. That total, quote-unquote, fuck music attitude that makes their recordings and live shows so incredible. The split with Japan's Napalm Death is Dead featuring Ushi of another amazing band, Cunts, is a highlight of their discography. Napalm Death is Dead's side is also really great. They just de- demonstrate their identifiable one, two, three, go style, and it's one of their better sessions. In and out in the perfect amount of time. Great split. I, I agree. Nepom Beth or Penis Geyser is definitely something to look into for more, more modern stuff. I haven't heard that yet. I'll, I'll look it up. And then the last thing is the Sediment Strachu Camphora Mono Bramada split five, five inch lathe. Uh, I've never seen this record released physically or heard uh, the Camphora Monobramada's side. However, the second that I heard Seven Minutes Strachu's half, many years ago, I was more hooked than hooked. In early 2010s, Seven Minutes Strachu were kings of modern noisecore. They became my favorite band, and I thought everything that they put out was amazing. The wave of noisecore that happened in the late 2000s, early to mid-2010s, quote, I'd argue that it was another golden age, was a great time to be active with my own stuff. And Seven Minutes Trachu are a band that I thought a lot of people looked up to. This release was the start of my obsession with that band. And uh, we got to play with Seven Minutes Trachu, and so did Seven, I believe. Um, yeah, five years ago. Scab Addict, uh, many years ago at the Bug Jar with our band American Terrorist. We were the odd man out because <laughs> we were like a cross band. The cross band and am- amongst a sea of noise and noise score. And Seven Minutes Trachu from, I believe, Slovakia? Yes. They were just, oof. They were, I think I mentioned them on the last episode. They were fucking just two bass players, vocal, and, uh, and a drummer, and, like, the bass players did vocals. And it was fucking, it was, in, it was intense. It was that anthemic, uh, you know, everybody has their arms up in the air, like, in celebration yeah. style and noise score. Just, they were just drunk. In, you know, and yeah. at the end of the so set, fun. I remember cool. they're all just standing there waving their arms up. Like, it's like a big celebration. Yeah, it was it's fun. It's finally over. No, I'm kidding. But. <laughs> no, it was funny. I mean, yeah. it was, 
It's like they were. It's like they were Dude, really honestly, glad to be there, which is cool to see. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those things. Noise Core Live is like one of those things where it's just like it's fun. This, the, I think, a lot of the stuff would be a lot better live. Actually, even like not not trying to diss the stuff. Some of it I like. Some of it I was like, I don't need this. But regardless, I think all of it. Especially since live, you can get into like antics and stuff, and you have an atmosphere. So, so I think it definitely. It sounds like it would be fun. It it is fun music, whether or not it's fun to listen to. Like the yeah. whole thing is based on absurdity and being silly. One of my favorite noise corsets I ever saw live. Do you remember we saw Hades Mining Company oh, with yeah. Sean Beard was playing drums yep. with them, and like they were. It might sound ridiculous, but they were on. Like they were really funny. Yeah. To this day, we say the phrase "relax, relax with X-lax." That's that was like a made-up song. Hades Mining Company did. And we literally, whenever I say "relax," I say "relax with X-lax." So, like, few bands that I like have like imprinted themselves on my mind as much as like that Hades Mining Company set. Um Fun Rochester band. Uh, some some recommendations from Jay. Uh, Cripple Bass. He said the Cripple Bass is an 89 demo. He didn't, doesn't have the re- recording of it, but he said, here is a re-recording they did of a 92 session and is one of the most intense noise cores recordings I've heard. They recorded this in 2000, and it was the 94 flashback The Massacro. And Cripple Bastards, if you don't know, they are Italian. Um, uh, Guillo, Guillo. Yeah. Uh, runs FOAD Records. Oh, um, I didn't know there was yep. that guy. Okay, Guillo cool, the Bastard, cool. I believe, uh, is his like stage. Name. I have to order some stuff from. Him. I want the Raw Power screens from the Gutter reissue he did. Yeah, which dude. shout out to him for even doing that. About time. Yeah, dude, uh, he is uh, put a lot of effort in, a lot of really cool stuff, and got a lot of love to give to our uh, Italian counterparts here. Yeah, uh, talking about uh, another band that I got a record from when I we did that order from FOAD recently uh, Nihilist Commando that shit uh, is cool uh, this is from Jay definitely adopting this style but throwing in much needed variation would be Finland's Nihilist Commando style he talked about uh, 7 Minutes of Nausea yes yeah 2008 2009 they were frequently being recommended to me and I finally heard their 2002 demo and it was exactly what I wanted from Noise Core then that summer the CD was released and it remains maybe my favorite CD I own yeah, what band. was funny was I was trying to find a U.S. distro that was selling it, and the only one from this seller who lives in my was someone who lives in my city. I hit up him up, and we met in a parking lot, and I bought it. He seemed super antisocial, and I seemed way more excited about being there being another freak that likes this stuff. I bought the CD home, brought the CD home, and sat in my car for 30 minutes reading all the interviews that Miko printed in the CD. And the CD he's talking about is the 2002 to 2008 noise core violations. Um, that... Noise Niles Commando is just yeah another level of noise core ex- extreme. Just it, it's it's definitely more on the it's less on the like oh guitar based dr- drums straightforward like micro punk song end and more on the this is like avant garde like if you like fucking like power electronics you should listen to this yeah. too kind of stuff which is interesting you bring that up because Miko Aspa has a bunch of power electronic stuff yes uh, he does <laughs> uh, Nicole he sure Powell, does. <laughs> Sketchy, sketchy man, um, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> he sure does have other projects. That's true. And then let's see what what uh, this is another throwback. Sore throat he said. I know you'll touch on sore throat. I uh, wanted to give some shine on this one. Abraham's ear. 
Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. I've never listened to that one. I think it's cool that there is constant noise going on in the background. I focus on it more than the riffs. It was the inspiration for the sidetrack side of the limbs bin split. And he says, uh, outside of that, I would uh, just want to mention some current bands. Suppression, Sissy Spacek, Limbs Bin, Autodidact, and Captain Three Leg. Um, I didn't get to. Every, I didn't want to get to everything that he said. He sent me a bunch of stuff, and I'm going to put it in a playlist. But uh, yes, we those other bands are stuff. also sick. Suppression uh, from Virginia. They started as like a power violence band. Um, they did a split with Despise You, as we mentioned. In yeah, the, yeah. So, I thought they were a PV band. Did they play here? They did in like yeah. the 90s. But then they went through kind of like a lineup change, and now they're they've been like a two piece for a while. That and was what I'm remembering like, this now very vaguely in the. 2010s or so they pretty much changed their style to like a noise core style and it's it it is literally one of the best like switch ups like a band has ever done where like the new stuff is better than their older stuff in my opinion uh oblivion rats uh cd or demo whatever tape they did is fucking amazing and uh they just did like a discography i think double cd release of like everything and if you like if you want to hear like stuff like Seven Minutes Nausea or Niles Commando, that where it, there are lyrics and it's just crazy, they are one of the best bands to do I'll it. Sissy Spacek too. Um, there's there's they, a lot sidetracked I would they? even throw into. I don't know. I'll what, even throw in another one. Oh, I yeah? like uh, the Suicidal Allegiance Seven Inch by Intolitarian. I don't know if I should say <laughs> I like that, but <laughs> no, I, I mean, um, I, I mean, it's, I like it. Be, it sounds completely crazy it's, it does really that band is off, so. definitely crazy sounding and if i mean look i guess maybe we can kind of start to wrap things up on this note yeah. like if you as far as your musical taste if your whole thing is like i want it to be at the furthest extremes of what someone can do with musical instruments if i want to have every rule be broken if i want to just hear every convention be defied in music and if you're fucking bored of, like, Gigi Allen or whatever, like, take your time. But if you keep, like, going down that route, like, you will end up listening to some of this noisecore stuff. Because it is the furthest fringe of music. I, I thought I you were going to say you will end up listening to bands that are likely sketchy. That will that also that's where I thought you that were will going. Absolutely, Dude, that I, will absolutely also happen. Because, you will listen to bands where the guys are probably Nazis, too. Uh, that will also happen. I mean, ooh, who would have thought Intolitarian were intolerant? Uh, Antichrist Kramer, no I think, sings in that band. Yeah, meat Shits, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, the got main guy behind that band. Robert Dothrave. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where, like, it unfortunately, extreme music tends to attract extreme Antisocial people. I mean, I was I was listening to this stuff today, like the not anything with any white power guys or whatever, but just like quote unquote normal noise core stuff that you sent me, like Gary's Gay and all those bands. Like it, uh, and I was just thinking about like could like if my coworkers like were like, what are you listening to? And I showed them like that that would be like an actual problem. And mind you, like it would be kind of a problem with like anything that I'm listening to. Like I actually remember once at work, I like closed my laptop and walked away from my desk and my headphones were unplugged. And for whatever reason, it started playing what I had on YouTube anyway. So this fucking woman who's like 60 something, who's a secretary heard, uh, 
uh, Satanic Warmaster, and that was really funny. <laughs> but like, but like my God. and like some of my other coworkers like were laughing about it. They're like, "Oh, Jake was listening to death metal and Chigger is funny." And it's like Jake listening to death metal is like funny. Like Jake listening to whatever the fuck this is is like, are you doing MK Ultra mind control on yourself? <laughs> Jake, like Jake you, listening to anal con, are you getting ready to like fucking do some psycho cutter shit on somebody by like, yeah, you're like waterboarding yourself with music. Why are you doing this? You're giving yourself ear cancer because yeah. I can see them being like, well, Satanic Warmaster is like guitars. There's riffs, man. There's riffs. There's they screaming. The idea of a riff. Pe- people understand. People they think do- that's Slipknot. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Dude, it's safe. That's yeah. a new screamo record. No, they dude. literally, they literally yeah. said like death metal, which is fine. They're not that far off, but like people death metal, like five finger death. Punch. Pe- people know what like screaming music is. People don't know what this is. This is this yeah. would actually make people like they, worried about you. They so, might think that you're like an ISIS or something if they caught you listening. Yeah, to yeah. It's it's not, it is like it's like you're waterboarding yourself with music and 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 so it makes sense that people who are really into that like some of them would be fucked up in ways that are actually fucked up. But if you like shit that's fucked up like I Google some of the shit that we've been talking about cuz you'll get there. Yeah. Look up Psycho Cutter first. Psycho our YouTube Cutter. channel. <laughs> Bobby Abs. It is it is on our YouTube channel alongside a playlist for part 1 of this series and we're going to have with this episode coming out a part 2. Uh, that's Kings of Punk podcast on YouTube. You should yeah. be able to just type it in and find it. We'll I'll have, have other the stuff link in the uh, yeah. description. We're yeah. going to have more stuff coming up there soon, too. We'll be posting unboxing videos, and eventually, very, very soon, like uh, all the episodes will be up in there, too. Clips, all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, that's that's pretty much where we should go. Like We could f- always dive further, but like maybe that'll be another episode where we talk about related stuff with noise core do an interview with one of these guys yeah, we yeah. mentioned one of our buddies that we uh, jay and that's a seven. good idea yeah that yeah. is that is dude jay shout out to jay from sidetracked and seven from scab addict also uh great great modern kind of bands that are doing really interesting stuff with noise core uh even though like sidetracks more of like a hardcore kind of band uh they dabble in that like sound a lot. yeah they're you, uh, from what you told me they're kind of all all over the all place, over the place yeah. That's the kind of best, and you know what? I think that's interesting because, like, I'm not. No, nah, I'm not going to go there. Uh, let's just kind of end it here. Uh, I'm I'm Tanner Hammer, Kings of Punk Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. All the links are in the and, description and YouTube now. Shout out to our sponsors, and uh, and uh, I'm Gary US Bombs and Bombs Away. Let's hit him with some Psycho Cutter. Yeah, put the. Howdy, howdy. This is some bonus content you hear after this episode. I uh, just wanted to throw you a couple more recommendations for some noise score stuff. Uh, I asked my friend Mason from uh, Enemy Soil, Blower, a bunch of other bands. More specifically, from Reeking Cross, a fantastic noise score band. Uh, I just asked him, hey, do you got any recommendations for any bands you would recommend, any releases? And he just gave me a couple. Um, the first one here is Genital Masticator, Mi Voy a Cagar en Tu Puta Madre. Uh, it's from Spain. It's in 1993. So other than AC and Meat Shits tapes, I'm pretty sure this is the very first noise koi I heard, and it still holds up. I'm way more into more, quote-unquote, serious-minded, pissed-off noise core rather than goofball shit, and these guys just fucking nail it, in my opinion. I, I kind of, like, follow that sentiment. Uh, some of the more goofier noise core 
Ah, it just doesn't really do it for me. I like Final Exit. Final Exit from Japan. They kind of combine, like, actual songs and funny parts, and it is kind of... It's lighthearted. I like that. I think Mason might like that, too. Uh, Noise Waste, 7 Minutes of Nausea Split 7-Inch from 96. Uh, Noise Waste was Miko Aspa and Sami from Ride for Revenge doing Killer Primitive Noise Score. And you are already familiar with 7 Minutes of Nausea, as we talked about uh, very long in the episode, I'm sure. Uh, this is one of his favorite uh, 7 Minutes of Nausea releases. Uh, def- I did not know that uh, Miko and Sami from uh, Miko Aspa and Sami from Ride for Revenge did a noise core thing, and Ride for Revenge, awesome, fucking gross black metal band, like we are just banned in general from Finland. And uh, he recently, I believe, contributed some vocals on a track for Reeking Cross that they have for an upcoming four way split with God's America, Fed Ash. And begging for oxies, and begging for oxies. Uh, I would say they were listed as power violence, but they definitely embraced the noise core mentality um, when it comes to like just being insanely chaotic. Highly recommend uh, looking into that release when it finally comes out in full soon. And last but not least, uh, the final recommendation for Mason is Rabia with Picado Contra Natura. This is from Japan as well. He said, this may be cheating, but it's closer to noisy grind like D.I.E., Necros, etc. But they consider themselves noisecore. Okay, so the band is saying, hey, we are noisecore. They literally wrote out the guitar notes on the 7-inch insert in case you wanted to play along. Anyways, wish they would record more than just two releases. That's probably one of the most interesting things I've ever heard is <laughs> a band including tabs for the thing. And they, I think the line between what is noise core and noise grind is, is a very interesting one. There is one for, I, I think there's a, a case to be made that they are different, but uh, you know, may, I'm, the, I'm a weirdo genre peer, so maybe uh, some people don't think that. But I gotta say, thank you to Mason, thanks to Jay, and thanks again to Seven uh, for send, uh, sending us rec- some recommendations. Thanks to Seven also for sending us the Scab Addict Autodidact Split. Check it out on uh, Syrup Head Recordings as they, uh, John put that tape out very recently, and it's a beautiful tape. It comes with a fucking OBI strip, and I love when any release has that. So thanks again. Just want a little bonus content for you listeners.